Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing Eat Sweet's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I am Jordan. This week we'll be jumping right on into chapter 1039, then later finishing out the Thriller Bark arc with chapters 478 through 489. <laughs> Boy, howdy, there's a lot going on here, huh? Yeah, it's a very gooey forest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not my favorite kind. Uh, some cool mushrooms. Uh, yep, uh, the monkey king. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just eating a banana, showing us the way. I mean, they were obviously lost. Sanji's uh, shirt, I presume, says, I want freedom. Uh they're emerging from a cave. Zoro bumped his head. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Poor guy. Yeah, I assume he got lost, and that's why he's been corralled with, like, Frankie, the biggest at the back, to catch him if he goes astray. <laughs> that's a wise move. Uh, Robin's wearing a cowboy hat and uncovering a uh, skull decal over there. Yeah, yeah, Brooke's not the only skull in this one. All in all, looks good. Don't understand why it is so gooey up there, but that's no. really the only weird thing about this forest is that there's goo <laughs> on the yellow bits. Yeah, that seems like their next obstacle. Uh, anyway, uh, on to the chapter itself. It is a juicy one, that's for oh sure. boy, is it. Chapter 1039, Top Billing, where we start off pretty much as high as we have seen so far. Uh, our camera angle is actually above uh onidashima so that's pretty dope yeah i love that you can see the like smoke of kaido and luffy's fight on the top mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can hear the stomping and tromping of the people down below something's going grr i'm assuming that's momonosuke <laughs> i hope so speaking of momonosuke last we saw him he was trying to slow down the uh the motion of onidashima because he was having a hard time putting up his own clouds um but he seems to have ascended since then to being able to actually reverse uh the motion of onidashima so he's actually pulling it backwards a little bit uh which is great good work momo this is a big upgrade yeah uh i mean he's not Using his own clouds, right? He's just manip manipulating the ones that Kaido has there. Right. Last we heard, he still was having a rough time making suitably sized his own clouds, but he can seize Kaido's and pull real hard. So is this... I mean, I presume that if Kaido were to, like, focus on this more, he could easily snap Momo back. But he's kind of busy, right? Like, that's what's going on. That is my current headcanon, yes. <laughs> I don't okay. think Momonosuke is overpowering Kaido in any sense, no. Well, yeah, even <laughs> his clouds are stronger than this guy right now. Like, that is, that really puts it into perspective for me, for sure. Uh, Momonosuke is trying real hard. Uh, notices, though, that someone is calling out to him. I wonder who that might be. Sure would be shocked if it were a nearby a large elephant. Uh, nah, it doesn't speak whatever language they speak. I don't actually know. <laughs> Indeed. There's no chance that, uh, elephants can communicate in any way. For sure. No. Uh, the voice of all things is made up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the voice of one thing. <laughs> Indeed. And it's not an elephant, so... No. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, we pop back inside to where I think we spend this entire chapter, pretty much. Yeah, except for those two panels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we're back on the performance floor. Uh, just after the last chapter, where uh, Kid and Law have hit Big Mom with some beefy moves, you can see the uh, Cornodio there that uh, Kid smacked Big Mom with last chapter. And uh, Big Mom is off her feet. They did it. <laughs> That's important. Indeed. She's still pretty much upright. Uh, so I guess she's just like leaning right now, but still counts. It's the small victories. You gotta start somewhere. 
We flip the page here, we see some cheers and jeers from the respective peanut galleries. Uh, the beast pirates are like, oh no, she's not down, is she? Not not to them. Those those guys are punks, says this weird lion man. <laughs> <laughs> not terribly well detailed lion man. No. But, could be a uh, lion, could be just flower head. Very unclear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, the kid pirates and the heart pirates are having a great time. They're very hype about this situation. Uh but not as reverse hype as Big Mom is coughing up a little bit of blood down there. She's looking rough, for sure. Like, it is it is weird to see her in this state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just last arc, she was literally invincible, as far as we were concerned. But now mm-hmm. our beefier lads can whittle her down. And that's what's pretty much been happening. She's been slowly whittled down over the course of a fairly prolonged battle. She's been taking smacks here and there for quite some time. Yeah, One Piece fights are not terribly long, but... Unless they're off-screen. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but this one, this one and, and Kaido get a lot of screen time, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. The battle between Luffy and Katakuri at Whole Cake took like eight hours or whatever it was. And we mm. popped in on occasion on that and saw the key moments. Um, but aside from that, we like heard about a fight between Jimbei and uh, Ace that took like three days. Cracker and Luffy was like an all-night fight that we didn't see most of. Mm-hmm. So I guess they've been getting longer with, well, the Jimbei one wouldn't have been recent. But lately they have been lengthening, I guess. Big Mom, in a rough way. Uh, but even though Kid and Law are also not looking great themselves, still have time for banter. So that works out great for them. Uh, Law is cross that two times now. He's gone in with like a reasonably sized attack, and then Kid swoops in afterwards with an equally large attack to make it look like he's the cool guy doing the big damage. And Law doesn't appreciate it. I wouldn't either. Uh, This is also what makes me think that Law has just kind of been lying. Well, they've probably both just been lying about the how their powers drain them or whatever. They don't want to give away everything. They're still definitely not friends. That's that's my new headcanon. Uh, yeah, that's the best way I can justify how they've said like four times now that they're pretty much out of gas. Especially with what happens later in this chapter. But first, Big Mom gets to do a cool little trick. Yeah, this is heckin' crazy. Uh, apparently, Law and or Kid's attacks have been doing some pretty significant damage. Like, her arm is broken, and she said that she's cracked some ribs. Uh, which is impressive. But what she does to remedy this situation is uses a little bit of her own soul to turn her own bones into homies thus regenerating them that's what it seems like her arms say yes mama so that's pretty bonkers (laughs) it is i mean has she done this before because she just she just did it right like i can't imagine many situations where she would have broken a bone yeah this mom is one of the tankier characters in the franchise for sure, so I can't imagine there have been many situations where she's needed to do this. Yeah, like, even in her younger days, she was always formidable. So, maybe she just came up with this on the spot, in the in the heat of battle, with her mind going crazy, but... This this feels drastic. I mean, I guess it ha- you have to pull the drastic moves at this point, if you're an emperor of the sea and you're getting tossed around. If we're not going to see especially impressive stuff from Big Mom here, then this is, as far as we know, pretty much the final opportunity. So this is Oda sliding in some more cool things that the Soul Soul Fruit can do. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Apparently, uh, while this is going on, uh, your boy Law and Kid still going back and forth. They're really for real about to use their super duper moves. Really won't have any strength left after this one for real this time. 
That's just Law saying that. Kid just <laughs> kid's just mad about the orders. He doesn't say anything about a final move situation. He's still just salty about the like hippo and elephant thing that Law said on the previous page. I mean, it's so good because that was. I mean, that's what I specifically said I wanted too, right? Like more animals. Uh, meanwhile, Big Mom combining her beefy homies together to form her weird super duper laser sword, which she uses to slice the corno Dio in twain. Kid's not worried about it though. Like he said, like eight times now, it was just scrap. Uh, but he is like alarmed by it initially for a sec. I assume that there's some, like, repelling force where, I mean, he's obviously flown up into the air, so that that would be jarring. Well, it's the, ah, uh, but also on the following page, before he says, that's nothing, this is just scrap to begin with, we've got some alarmed ellipses, which would have been uh, after the true. initial slice would have happened. That That could just be like, oh, a chance now to make my move which he does yeah that's true let's big mom get in some lines real quick but then <laughs> yes. the time yeah <laughs> like we said gotta give her her moments she does sound cool here though she's like hey you think you're any different than the hundreds of people just like you we've murdered and sunk uh we've been reigning as emperors for decades since the days before you were weaned off your mother's milk I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels so in character. She's an old lady who's been doing this for a long time, relatively effortlessly, and these are just a couple of upstarts, as far as she's concerned, just buds in her path. They prove to be some buds with some impressive bite, pretty much immediately. Oh, yes. Terrifyingly so. Indeed. Kid goes ahead and does the first cool thing he's ever done with his devil fruit power. <laughs> which was assign opposite poles to Big Mom's head and the wall behind her, making her stuffed to it, letting him get in a whole big attack. But only kind of, because she uh, bypasses this pretty significant issue. She says she can't get loose, but what she can do is just go ahead and pull that entire wall off and use it to block the move. Amazing. Good showing on both Big Mom and Kid's parts. Yeah, yeah, this one-two combo is, I mean, it's good. It makes me like Kid a bit more. He should do stuff like this more often. Yeah, pretty much everything he's done up to this point is create a thing with metal and hit Big Mom, etc. with it. Yeah, he could do so much more with this. Like, what if, well, I don't know what would happen, but what if he, like, assigned north to her head and south to her foot? <laughs> Uh, she would either spin around a whole bunch, or she would be ripped in half. Exactly, so come on, <laughs> think think for a bit. <laughs> Use that brain of yours for a hot second, kid. But Big Mom blots the Cornadio move with her wall that is now stuck to her back. Kid is surprised by this, saying it is downright ridiculous that she has that level of brute strength. <laughs> I agree. But she does also whine about it. <laughs> She's like, ugh, now my back is all heavy now. Poor me. Poor big mom. Yeah, she's got something prepared for it, though. But, uh, I don't know why, necessarily, but it does remind me of the oars bit from the reread chunk. Just, like, he immobilizes her for a big attack, and it kind of works, kind of doesn't. And kids saying that's just ridiculous is similar to them saying that's cheating in the reread bit. Uh, yeah, that's true. There's some some fight parallels here. I did. Yeah, I mean, of course, we always find those because of recency bias, but... Well, sure. This one did pop to mind. Uh, Big Mom prepping uh, another big move. I think the final one she uses throughout the uh, the fight, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Mother's Visit Cannon 3000 Leaves of Misery, where she creates a great big lightning uh woman who kind of looks like mother caramel a little bit mm -hmm. uh just lets it go ham she creates a stand pretty much <laughs> basically out of her sword yeah mm -hmm. just lets it go it's causing some trouble to some bystanders more than our guys but it appears to have some autonomy she says or somebody says it's alive and she instructs it to just keep going 
So that's fascinating. Yeah, might want to pull out this one earlier, but, you know, that's just me. Maybe she just made it up just now. I can't imagine Big Mom has had much need to have more than, like, three attacks in her arsenal over the past (laughs) few decades. Yeah, I mean, the name itself lends to that theory. Indeed. She started saying some stuff and just kind of let it get away from her by the time it ends. Yeah. She knew Misery was a strong finish point. I'm sure this is some sort of reference, but uh, I don't understand. Mm, Nope. But that's going off and doing its thing. Law, though, has been prepping a little something-something, dropping a great big round thingy on her big dumb head (laughs) with his tact move. You can see on his hands it says eat. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) I was waiting for it. It's so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And eat it she does. She just kind of takes that one to the noggin. That's gotta hurt after the supposed wear down that has been happening. Also, you can still see the mother cannon thing going for it and it's big it's kind of tough is this gonna fight the conjuro flame uh quite possibly kaiju battle yeah perfect yokai battle there we go yes love it i'm sure it can also phase through walls and such on account of it being made of soul and energy and uh stuff (laughs) whatever the heck it is made (laughs) of mostly stuff a whole bunch uh but big mom just got squished uh, along with some other people nearby, it seems. Yeah, definitely off her feet now. No doubt about that. But that's not all that Law has in store. He pulls out his croom again, right? Applies it to his sword. Stabs Big Mom directly in the chest with it while she is distracted by this big building that has fallen on her. Then, similarly to what he did last chapter, he extends it, right? But... A whole lot more than he did the first time round. So much further. They're like on the ground level of Onigashima right now. And it goes all the way through the island and punctures into Wano itself in unspecified distance. Uh, Pretty long is the point. Uh, Considerable distance. He says that that's not enough, though. Gotta go deeper. All the while, he's taking some hockey punches from Big Mom herself. So that's pretty impressive. Tainty man this long. Yeah, he's, he is really not looking great by the end of this. I mean, he is. He's looking awesome, but rough, to say the least. Taking some gonks, taking some womps. Yes. <laughs> looking bad for our son. The heart pirate's freaking out about this. Uh, but he finally obtains optimal deepness, apparently. And unleashes another shockwave move, the Puncher Willy, uh, <laughs> which does considerable damage to both Big Mom and the ground below Onigashima. I don't see why. <laughs> like, why does the bigger sword do more damage? I is he don't is it resonating no. with the earth to like amplify? the shockwave and send it back up into big mom like i don't i don't, I don't get see it. why anything about law's powers would indicate that but i also don't have a better explanation <laughs> i mean there's also like you see the after effect of where the ground was hit and it's just it's like one of his rooms was there and just displaced everything <laughs> but again it's all sizzly down there too yeah, but like what does that what does that mean? Why why does it look like Big Mom's back is smoking? I don't know. This is so confusing. The point appears to be bitter sword equals bitter shockwave, which is fine, I guess, but I don't understand why that would be the case. <laughs> the fact that Law can extend his sword kind of made sense. Kind, kind of. of. The idea of the croom appears to be him applying the effects of his room to his sword, which we know he can make his room as big as he needs it to be, right? So him being able to do the same with his sword pretty much checks out. But I don't understand why that enhances the attack power. It just does, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, it it does it, it, does it very well. <laughs> Indeed. The main issue here is that 
I can't imagine Law is going to get too many more fights in the series going forward. And this appears, I mean, the next thing that happens appears to be the end of this conflict. So outside of maybe an SBS, I don't see us getting a detailed explanation for what the heck even happened here. Sure would love it, though. Our headcanons are going to have to suffice for the moment. Yes. Lucky for uh, the flower capital that Momonosuke managed to pull the island a little bit away. Otherwise, Law would have killed, like, a lot of people (laughs) just now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he would feel about that. Not great, I assume. I guess. Law has made statements like, uh, helping people, that's not what pirates are supposed to do. But he also yeah, doesn't I mean, just... he is a cool guy. And he doesn't, like, outright, like, kill people when he doesn't have to. Like, when he made a name for himself during the time strip, he became a Shichibukai by delivering the hearts of a hundred pirates or whatever. But we know that doesn't kill people. Right. And he's a doctor, so like I imagine life has a certain sacredness to him, despite his occupation of pirate. But he didn't have any way of knowing that they were not going to kill any people with this. So <laughs> I guess he just lucked out on this one. Uh, yep. Plus he had bigger fish to fry. I mean, he was going to die in this conflict unless he and they did this were. move. Yeah, true. So I understand law. Yeah. You've you've never done anything wrong, I'm sure. One hundred percent morally pure. Correct. Uh but Big Mom is not yet done. No, no. But finally we get the second cool thing that kid has ever done. Creating a railgun, which makes a lot of sense. Indeed. Especially dope of him to make the front of it out of a washing machine. Uh, where he got one? I don't know. I mean, they gotta do laundry somewhere on Odigashima. Correct. You think Kaido washes his pants by hand? Goodness, no. No way. <laughs> There's even, no chance. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Where he gets a giant metal skull? I don't know. Yeah, he has one of those on, like, every single thing he heckin' makes. <laughs> so, I imagine it's just cobbled together from smaller metal bits. He's just been doing it for so long that it almost happens subconsciously. <laughs> it's probably probably exactly what happens. Uh, he's sassy to Kid again, or Kid is sassy to Law again for a hot second about being commanded to do a thing, even though he was already prepping this a good long mm-hmm. while ago. Mm-hmm. Law has just the most sinister smile on his face. <laughs> Oh, yes. Big Mom, though, to her credit, she's still confident. She's like, all right, bring it on, brats. You think you can take me on? I'm Big Mom. To which Kid responds, yeah, we know. That's why we're doing this. And then he shoots her in the fucking face. (laughs) Pretty badass (laughs) moment. Indeed. Like, oh, man, for a character that I have been known to not like, man, that makes me feel a certain kind of way. Indeed. Kid uh, really trying to shape the unkind uh, nicknames in this chapter. Mm-hmm. But he brought it on himself, so I don't feel bad. Like I said, though, lands a uh, railgun shot, the damned punk, right in Big Mom's head. She appears to be feeling it pretty bad. Ah, and such. And, like, there's blood and a crick looking bad. And if Law's Your Era Is Over line is to be taken at face value... Sounds like that's it for her. Bam, boom. Big Mom, probably done for. Yep, yep. I mean, she did, she just stood there and tanked it, and this is a, this is a huge move, so, I mean, I don't, she's obviously not dead, but (laughs) down for now. Indeed. uh, Most likely. And, uh, the whole, like, just standing her ground thing i think that's gotta be in maybe some form of shock like just with being in a situation that is so unfamiliar to her Mm -hmm. it's probably been like decades since she's felt any amount of pain (laughs) and then these guys come in and just rough her up this bad while tanking her attacks which are known to one shot most people yeah thank goodness that they have been training i guess i understand that 
kid went through a lot of the same stuff that Luffy did. So, like, mm-hmm. I can understand an endurance boost and all that for him. But, uh... Law? Law? <laughs> Law's not known to be able to take very many attacks prior to this fight. No. This is like a Kakashi from the end of Naruto level stamina boost that uh, mm. I'm not quite <laughs> on board for, but... Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. We know he wasn't doing much. Like, there's not... I mean, I guess we didn't see him all the time, so that that he could just say he was training or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been made known prior. I suppose so. I mean, we pretty much never get like direct statements that any character is training. Um, right. It's just yeah. the assumption that they are getting stronger through actual battle. But Law hasn't done much of anything since Dress Rosa, where he just kind of got thrashed by Doflamingo, a character that is considerably below even somebody like Katakuri. This is quite a jump for the big guy here, but he's also like, his ability is tailor-made to be able to fight somebody like Big Mom, who has considerable physical defense, because his power just bypasses all that. For sure, for sure, but he's... Hmm. <laughs> like he's supposed to be a glass cannon he's got the cannon but he's also made of lead <laughs> apparently <laughs> like so. whatever i mean i think i mean he's a mainstay character he's a fan favorite he gets he gets this like that's just how it works and he looks awesome so cool <laughs> he does come out of this looking pretty cool he gets the final word of the fight so did on you law even though kid is the one that actually finishes the job <laughs> I'm sure Kid will have words about that next time we see him. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, As a whole, I'm fairly satisfied with the Law and Kid versus Big Mom business with the slight complaint about, like, these people's durability being off the head and charts, apparently. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but again, that's a pretty common thing in One Piece. So, like, whatever. Indeed. It's a small complaint, but it is there. Uh still for the most part aside from this attack not made very clear how kid has been dealing considerable damage to big mom so we're again left a head cannon that she's just been whittled down little by little and it was justified a little bit he was like oh uh even like the river can cut into stone given enough time um so that's pretty much what we've been talking about and he does say like oh your skin is really tough but if i like throw stuff at you you can't protect your inner organs so fair enough yeah yeah and it's also i mean like you said uh law doing real damage throwing her off her game Mm -hmm. would probably leave her more vulnerable like i would i I don't know if she could make her hockey as strong when she's not at full power Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i'm also kind of happy that hockey didn't play that much of a role in this fight like we see it right like it's for sure happening but like they're not talking about it or anything they aren't even talking about like awakening Mm -mm. i mean not since it started happening but yes (laughs) yeah uh yeah it feels more like a classic like matchup powers based one piece fight as opposed to the hockey is the end all be all that is the kaido confrontation that is happening right now and like yeah. how most one piece fights post time skip have been good on you big mom uh kid law oda us applause for everybody involved we did it uh so with big mom out of the way that makes it official that rizo versus earlobes confrontation is among the most important things <laughs> The most thrilling, therefore the most important. Quite so. And um, Kaido's still up. CP0 is still around. Conjuro's flame monster. And that's pretty much it, yeah? Well, it depends on how you look at the Zoro Grim Reaper situation. (laughs) I suppose that's true. Not sure what's (laughs) going on there. What happened to the other ninjas under Earlobe Man? Did they just get scared off or something? Uh, I think, like, the main guys, like, the ones that had, like, names, were mostly taken out by the Oni virus 
and uh, Hyogoro under the influence of the Oni virus. He did that oh, weird like hair right. thing and took yes, out the leader yes. of Kaido's samurai and a lot of the ninjas. Okay. I guess Orochi is still around doing something with Hiori. And I'm sure Dendro was making himself useful in some fashion. Sure, you say that so often, and I do believe you. I just need to speak it into existence, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get there one day. But that's pretty much all I had to say on this chapter. Yeah, another good one. No break next week, surprisingly. I'm pleased. Next chapter releases February 13th. Good job, Oda. Uh, and that takes us into the reread segment. Four seventy-eight to four eighty-nine. Uh, from an oars beat down to losing the beat because the musicians are falling down. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Indeed. <laughs> I felt a little bad about that one, but I also felt pretty good about it. So here we are. Quite so. So we're starting right off with Orr's stuff, because that's indeed where we started. Mm -hmm. Most of our boys are dead. <laughs> Sucks for them. Yes. Uh, and more are about to die. But, oh, thank goodness, Nightmare Luffy is here. Surprise. And I do think that Nightmare Luffy is, he's a bit silly. Like, <laughs> for sure. It makes sense, as we've said. He's resilient. He can, he can handle more. Uh, but, like, it's also silly in a good way. Um, the whole arc is on the silly side, so, like, that's fitting. Um, but, like, the main thing is, well, the main thing for me, is that he's been stuffed with a hundred zombies, each with, like, their own skills. And for the most part, what that translates to is just a physical enhancement. Like, we have Chekhov's sword skills, kind of. <laughs> Indeed. Like, he uses it one time. <laughs> Yeah, he uses it once, and that's the one thing that seems to be shadow-specific, right? Everything else is just Luffy punches and moves better. And he gets really big. Yeah. And blue yes. in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, like, he does great. He does some cool stuff. Uh, could have been... It could could have branched out a bit more i guess you just wish that more of the additional skills he gained from all those shadows but was more of a factor that's all yeah that's i fair. wish that was showcased in some way like i guess maybe when he grabbed Orz's back and he did like a suplex thing that could have been from one of the shadows but yeah luffy doesn't do very many suplex moves that's mostly a frankie thing <laughs> yeah exactly so like i i don't remember anything else that was really like stand out as non-luffy like he, he did the finisher of like the gomu storm or something like that mm -hmm. so meh but that's just me it was fine and good and effective yeah nightmare luffy physically very impressive and yes like the fight <laughs> oh my goodness really impressed me too you, the first thing that happens is like ors is charging up that gum gum rifle move which i don't really understand how he did because the reason he can stretch is because moria is changing the shape of a shadow but i'm not sure how you can change the shape of a shadow to make your arm like spin around itself but <laughs> yeah i guess he can double fruit man i guess so uh but he's about to throw that move and then you flip the page and it's like a whole cover spread of luffy having casually stopped that punch <laughs> with a single hand move that probably would have killed pretty much everybody that we've seen up until this point in the series with the exception of like yeah the top Kuma. tier guys <laughs> yeah pretty much uh you flip again and ors has been sent flying by that little punch that luffy had just did flip again luffy's doing the sluplets move and this like luffy beat down full page spread thing continues for like three chapters oh yeah it's awesome like just the like you said, most of our dudes are down some, like, down, down, capital D, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then complete flip. It's so satisfying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I also particularly like that in order to topple the big bad, Luffy had to rely on people that aren't on his crew, and that he had actually never even met before. <laughs> Indeed. In the moment... I'm like it it probably didn't feel quite as good but 
like with all the inf uh, the information we have on Lola now, it feels really fitting. Like she would she would be pretty smart. She would be able to survive and figure stuff out and um I like it. And this kind of continues on in the future from what I remember, like just other people joining, helping the Straw Hats because of one reason or another. Usually it's because Luffy's just a charismatic dude, but mm -hmm. here it's just people are like, oh man, we're screwed. We need someone. You'll do. <laughs> and Luffy's always been pretty good at like figuring out pretty quickly who he can and can't trust in a situation. Like Lola could have been just like an agent of Moria, just trying to murder him, you know, on the yeah. sly. But uh, Luffy trusts her, and he was right to. Mm -hmm. Also, like I don't, I don't personally see a way that the Straw Hats could have figured out the Shadow thing. So, like, or, or without it being at least a bit forced. Like, I guess. Brooke could have known something about it, but he already did that with the salt, so that would have felt weird. So that just works for me. Yeah, I can't think of any reason why Brooke wouldn't have already volunteered this information before things got this bad. Well, of course. <laughs> yes, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, there I don't see how any of the straw hats would have gained that information. Mm -hmm. Like So it's it was well done, in my opinion. Applause to Lola. Yes. And then after Nightmare Luffy, once they kind of get down, <laughs> get beat down and get back up again, where they do like a whole team combo, which is satisfying as always. Um, that final hit, the impact on that, where they've like straightened out his spine and they just destroy it. So brutal. Like, from the explanation Chopper gives to Luffy's two hands connecting with his face, it just, it is the perfect payoff. That is all pretty dope. This is the kind of stuff that I, and a lot of other people, I'm sure, kind of wanted the Kaido battle to turn out to be. Like a mm -hmm. team-up effort between all the Straw Hats. And I think that might have been perhaps more satisfying than Luffy just kind of becoming strong enough to solo the man. But, uh... I would have enjoyed it more, indeed, for sure. Because we don't really get very many of these like team up battles between the Straw Hats and a single guy plus more. Yeah, so no, two guys. I, I love guess. it. It's all pretty sick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, this is just coincidence, but when I was reading 480, which is where the crew like gets back up to team up and take down Oars for real, the song uh, the man with the machine gun from Final Fantasy VIII came on, and it just fit the build of the chapter so well that I couldn't not bring it up here. Special shout out to uh, Nobuo Uematsu from yeah, Final Fantasy. Love that guy. <laughs> uh, next, uh, I mean, we've got Moria. Like, even with Ors dealt with, Moria is quite the barrier to be overcome. I'm noticing a bit of a pattern here. Uh, <laughs> a pretty obvious pattern in this particular chunk where uh, things appear to be settled and then surprise uh, Ors gets back up and then they beat Ors but surprise Mori is still around and <laughs> gets even beefier and then Mori yeah. goes down and then something else arguably even worse occurs but we'll get to that in the hot second yes we will a lot of ups and downs a real roller coaster <laughs> this fight has been oh yes so this is like after Luffy has already been exhausted, and he admits to that, and then he even goes beyond to do the gear third attack against Oars, and then he gets back up again for Moria, which usually I would complain about, but he does admit here that he's being reckless, and he pulls out gear second, which, at least in theory, takes less energy than gear third, and would convince our rubber boy that he has the stamina left to continue. <laughs> I like this. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. He's, I think uh, Rob Lucci said in the previous arc that it's like doping, right? He's like artificially injecting himself with more power than he actually has. Yep. And it's uh, pushing his body just a little bit further for a little bit longer. And uh, Zoro pays for it later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, nothing happened. Yeah, there. of course. Um, <laughs> but 
I'm I'm sure that was not a fun time. Um, speaking of something that I thought should have been not a fun time, the like black bat box move that Moria pulls out, mm-hmm. where he just traps Luffy completely and then slams him. That I didn't understand how Luffy got out of it. Like almost completely fine i understand he's made of rubber of course but like it looked like it had sharp edges and that had to be the fact that it's made from devil fruit stuff makes me feel like it should impact more maybe not maybe that's just me i mean that's certainly headcanon for sure but i can understand how you would get to that point i mean it makes you wonder what like getting hit by a shadow feels like <laughs> you know because yeah under ordinary circumstances they're not really a thing <laughs> you know they don't have yeah. any physical form so turning one solid and then basically using it as a weapon and couple that with like moria's probably considerable physical strength if luffy got that strong from just a hundred shadows and he had 10 ish times more than that um yeah plus like being smashed into the wall as well it's the right storm but you know he's made of rubber so it's fine <laughs> i guess that is just the answer here which i mean props to oda for giving him a great fucking power man like that <laughs> it really is a great catch-all power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as long as there are no blades involved he's probably gonna be okay yeah. Plus, I don't think he walked away scot-free. I mean, he's not, like, totally immune to most physical blows. He just has considerable resistance to them. Right. It just, he, he got out of it and, like, stood up immediately. And, I mean, he gave, like, a cool line and all that, and I'm into that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. And and I wasn't looking for the huff-huffs, I don't think. But um, Gotta look out for those huff-huffs. That's how you really I gauge know it. how exhausted a character is. <laughs> it's pretty important. Pretty, pretty... Uh, significant stuff speaking of significant stuff i guess i forgot that hogback shows up towards the end yeah i also totally forgot about that (laughs) yeah i don't know why he needs to really like um well maybe absalom's just not smart enough to like cart moria off (laughs) um he just kind of shows up and that's all i have to say about him (laughs) i think that's the last we see of him i hope it is we see him a little bit, uh, a little bit after that when uh, the arc is actually gone, and they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do now?" As they're sailing away, and they're like on the previously invisible boat. Oh yeah, well yes, I I meant all of the hog back in this chunk. Oh, sorry. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't think we see him ever again. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, man. He was covered in bandages though, so like, I don't know if he did that to himself. I guess he's, he's a doctor. He probably, uh, well, I don't know if he did modify himself because he ran away from fights pretty quickly. Indeed. You would think if he had any amount of physical prowess, he would be slightly braver in his conflict against Chopper, but don't know. But he had to have done it to himself, like his bandaging, because all the zombies on the bark by that point were sucked into moria i'm pretty sure oh that's true yeah not very many uh living people there (laughs) and yeah certainly wasn't absalom um i did enjoy the uh little scene of sindri's shadow going back to the like serving servant girl or whatever Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. didn't quite catch what she was but uh that one, that one felt like it was a proper, proper one to see to the end. Yeah, she was one of the main zombies, so it made sense that she would get a little bit more pomp and circumstance. And that uh, little bit also went out of its way to characterize like her boss as like a nice guy for some reason. Yeah, he just was a really chill dude. I mean, I'm pleased that she's working for a nice person, but like, let's, let's tone it down a little bit, dude. <laughs> let's relax you don't have to be this jazzed about it <laughs> but uh, uh i'm not actually bothered by that <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you came clean on that i was worried Indeed. 
Uh, I said it last week, I'll say it again. Kuma is a bizarre character. His motivations are unclear, his powers are wacky and unchecked. Uh, he's a cyborg by his own choice, even though it's not really his own choice, but it kind of is. Yeah, I think they said that he volunteered for the program, but right. in doing so, is sacrificing his free will. Uh, for what purpose? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I really hope that this lines up better for me someday. He's already a Chichibukai, right? By the time he volunteered for this program. So he already had an in to the world government, um, which might be beneficial for the revolutionaries in some capacity. But I don't see any benefit that they or he gets from turning him into a a slave robot basically right the the robot part for sure would have its ups laser beams out of the mouth cool yeah. super strong armor all right but like, but like dude, the you sacrifice already pretty powerful and yeah and you lose your mind are you kidding me how why what does this it's what does this help it's downright bonkers and like the one thing that he wanted like to be programmed into his head that Vegapunk agreed to for some reason was to protect the Straw Hat ship after they were gone. Yeah, that makes me question Vegapunk a lot too. Like, what was... Why did he agree to that? He could have agreed to it fine, but he had... Like, Kuma didn't have any bargaining chips to, like, <laughs> make him actually keep his word. No. Very strange. This Kuma guy is, like, the most mysterious character in the franchise and he really is like even more so than blackbeard well i guess cp zero now is kind of mysterious but like we know less about them than we do about kuma and kuma is still hazier everything we know about kuma just makes more questions yeah and like the fact that he can repel things like fatigue and pain like could he push the sadness out of someone? Uh, I see no reason why he couldn't. <laughs> it's bizarre. And, oh man. I love it in theory. It's cool. I don't exactly get why the, the pawpaw fruit repels stuff. Because that's what paws do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no clever pun about it, Jordan. That's just the inherent ability of any creature with paws you go into the yes. forest you find yourself a real bear and this is what they do this is how they hunted <laughs> in ancient times <laughs> yeah bears are great jumpers mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. both my dogs and my cat are shooting lasers <laughs> every which way <laughs> i have to like yeah take special precautions to prevent zorro uh my dog for those at home from uh creating a paw pad shaped uh air bomb in the living room <laughs> it's a whole mess don't get creatures with paws as pets folks it's it's bad it's bad news yeah well i mean to be fair my cat does push the sadness out of me sometimes so well, that's there's adorable. there's some give and take there uh i have no such benefits well sorry <laughs> he also says that the stuff he reflects fires at light speed um, which is pretty bonkers, considering that Zoro dodges a whole bunch of those immediately after. So I have to imagine yes. that he exaggerated that. But uh, I can't imagine they even know what light speed is in the One Piece universe. So <laughs> it's fine. He's just wrong. That's my head cannon. He was <laughs> simply mistaken about the speed at which it fires. <laughs> he just rounded up pretty fast to light speed. Yeah, he was just like, no one's really been able to dodge these before. <laughs> I'm just going to go with yeah, light we'll speed. Yeah, make that assumption. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, when you're that powerful, you can just do whatever you want. I really don't know who could have beaten this man, honestly. If you can repel everything. Yeah, as long as he can move his hands fast enough to block. And it sure does seem like he can. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. he can, like, mm -hmm. teleport, too. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. His body is hard as heck. Tanking Sanji's kits without even budging. 
Zoro can't cuddle. Basically, like, breaking his leg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe not that far, but, like, causing pain yeah, to Sanji. Hurt him. Zoro couldn't cut him. Uh, he's got that laser beam. That's pretty crazy. It's a, it's a mess. Plus, he's got, like, huge AoE attacks, too. Took him a hot second to charge it up, but... But, like, he could do that whenever he wanted. No one would be able to do anything while he was charging it up. Or he could teleport slightly away, <laughs> charge it up, and then just throw it. Indeed. Like, whatever. Very beefy That's man. That's why he had to be put in the state that he was. Like, he just was too powerful and Oda had to take him out of the game. Even though we learned all these things about him at once. So he rode himself into a corner and rode himself out <laughs> of it simultaneously. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, despite being mostly robot, he's also a man of some honor, what with this whole Sanji and Zoro debacle that they go through. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that he's even willing to, like, give them the chance to... I mean, obviously he doesn't really want to follow the world government's orders. He probably would have a good time defying them. But and then, he still has to do something. Well, sure. It calls into question at one point, like, this pro-straw hat agenda that he's working with came into being. Because, like, yeah. just a few weeks after this is when he, like, separates the straw hats to make them stronger. And then spends the next two years uh, protecting their ship. So yeah. did he go into this conflict already planning on sparing them? And just did this to Zoro to make it look convincing? (laughs) Or was, like, Mm. this bit with Zoro and Sanji to a lesser extent, like, what moved him to want to help them going forward? He comments, like, yeah, he really is your kid or something in this, right? So, like, obviously he had learned about Luffy from Dragon, so he had interest from that level. Well, not necessarily. I mean... It could just be he guessed the dragon connection based on the name, but your point stands. I'm just not totally convinced that, like, dragon admitted to Kuma that he had a son. Okay. I mean, yeah, fair. We didn't see it happen, so we don't know. And Ivankov doesn't know later that he's got a son. That's true, too. Yeah, well, it could be the Zoro-Sanji thing. Like, I mean, he he said earlier, like, oh, I've I've heard that Luffy has... A, a few not insignificant crew members underneath him. A couple guys not entirely without talent. I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah. And they, like, take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> I mean, from him it kind of is, right? I, I think I like it better that, like... Well, I I would assume it's all of their displays here that really won him over. But uh, mm-hmm. specifically the, like, uh, catalyst, probably, the, the tipping point right. was Zoro Sanji. Because they, they were willing to give it all. And, like, he gives it all. So <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. Like, that's that's definitely in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Zoro says here, and, like, Kuma pits up on, like, Zoro's goal is to become the world's strongest swordsman. That's an impressively lofty ambition, considering who the current strongest swordsman is, right? Yeah, one of his co-workers. <laughs> Pretty much. So that's, like... Not an ambition to be taken lightly. But Zoro is willing to throw that away out of sheer loyalty towards Luffy and his goals. And uh, that touches uh, Kuma's lack of heart, I guess, in a in a big way. And Sanji comes forward shortly thereafter with uh, similar conviction. But uh, comes off a little bit pale in comparison to Zoro, who just made basically the same stand like, 10 seconds prior, so... A noble effort, Sanji, but... You should have been first if you wanted it to stand out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that. It did... It just felt weird, to say the least. Like, I don't know if Zoro taking out Sanji, like, pushed the envelope even further or anything like that, you know? Uh, I don't think Zoro, like, putting Sanji out... Well, maybe it kind of did. I think Zoro and Sanji's willingness to take the fall for the other might have pushed Kuma a little bit forward on his 
oh, I'll spare them kind of sort of plan. So kind of it goes from, okay, I'll take the whole crew to I'll take Luffy's head to I'll take Zoro's head to, okay, you guys all really like each other. Right. I'm just going to fuck up this one dude real bad. <laughs> Indeed. And he didn't even have to go that far. He could have just left and the world government wouldn't yeah. have known anything about the situation. Uh, but I guess he just... But he reported it. Yeah. He's really one of the mess with Zoro in particular, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe he also like wanted the warlord system disbanded. I know that that's kind of wild to throw out there, but like, you think he like wanted to get in trouble over this? Maybe. I mean, he sees the crew take down two of them in pretty quick succession, and then he is one himself. Like, and he's a man that's known to plan. So maybe. Maybe that was his secret mission for joining them in the first place. It's a wild theory, but it's been a while since we've had one of those, so why not? I'm sure Kuma and uh, Fujitora would be best buds. <laughs> for sure. Uh, then we pretty much get to the party time. Uh, indeed. Moria and Co. get away on an invisible ship. Uh, Luffy tells Brooke that Laboon is alive and well and waiting them to show up, which moves... Brooks, uh, lack of heart, uh, in a big way, filling that poor guy with more hope and joy than he's felt in total for 50 years. A beautiful moment. Good old Luffy. Good old Sanji's outfit on that day. It's just a black hoodie with, like, the mouth and eyes of a bat, but I want it. I imagine he must have just found that in a locker somewhere and decided, you know what? That's me. <laughs> That's me now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brooks's backstory is as sad as ever. Uh, yeah, poor guy. I don't know if this is canon, but I do assume that part of the reason Brooke is so careful of his hair is because that's where the tone dial is kept. I imagine that must be true. Got to protect the afro specifically for recognition purposes when he gets back to Laboon. Mm -hmm. But he's also carrying some precious cargo on the inside. So, yeah. Double trouble, as they say. Don't smack this man in the head. Also, the, like, opening of his head seems to follow the line of the scar that he had when he was alive. So I really have to wonder what that injury was that did so much damage to him and didn't take him out. Yeah, it's it's all very curious, this Brook flashback. Because it doesn't start until he's, like, 36, right? Yep. And he hints at a number of points that he was doing stuff prior to becoming a pirate with Yorkie. He was like the yeah, captain of a was, raiding yeah. squadron in a kingdom or something. And then like way later, right, like in relatively modern times, he hints that he's like got maybe not some sort of connection to, but he's he's heard of the uh the Vinsmoke family in like Germa. So was it the West Blue? Uh, yeah, he said that he so. was part of the raiding party, in, which I yeah. think is the blue that the Vin smoked. They're trying to conquer, so there might be some sort of beef there. Um, or maybe I just have my blues mixed up. Unclear. But uh, there's more to Brooke than we have learned going forward. He certainly has the largest blank period of his life that we don't know anything about out of any of the Straw Hats. Yeah, it's wild, and I don't know if we'll ever get it. Mm -mm. I certainly don't think we're getting a uh, a whole cake island style brook arc anytime soon. <laughs> I would soon. love that. Oh my god, that would be amazing. But I don't think it's making the cut. Whole bone isle. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> right after Wano, that's where they're headed. Yeah, That's kind of sure. the island they're on right now. Onigashima is a great big bone in the sky right now. Good point. Good point. Brooke should feel right at home. So we've figured it out. Uh, massive Brooke flashback imminent on Wano. It's going to happen. <laughs> all but confirmed. It's going to tie it all together. Lola talking about her mama and how Nami should seek her out if they're ever in trouble gives me a whole mountain of anxiety and stress. Yeah, it turns out pretty bad advice on Lola's part. Well, it could have been good advice if gone about correctly but uh chances are 
That would not happen. <laughs> yeah. We know that uh, Lola's got, or Big Mom rather, has some beef with Lola. Uh, so they would have yeah. to present it in a way like, oh, we killed Lola and took this. Mm -hmm. But uh, they had no reason of knowing that there was beef there. So that's kind of what gets them yeah. the trouble on Whole Cake, as a matter of fact. So, Silly Lola. Indeed. Poor, naive Lola. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's what I got, man. That's where we're at. It's uh, pretty much all I had, too. I guess we'd be remiss to not mention in brief that, oh no, Ace is dying or something. Uh, but uh, Yes, yeah. <laughs> He's not looking great. We learned about the beaver cards, which I had forgotten were made from fingernail clippings. Uh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Not not terribly weird for the, the universe we're in, but, like, weird. Also a concept that doesn't come up very often for how dang useful they are. Uh, I mean, kind of, sort of. For the majority of the post-timeskip era... Uh, Viva cards have kind of been how we're getting around for the most part, because you can't get to Zoe, for yeah, instance, no... without one. Yeah. Um, and they've been trying to get to specific places, which they can do because they already have agents stationed on those respective places. Right. Okay. I rescind what I said. It's just kind of like a a background detail, basically. Right. So you cannot be blamed for forgetting. But but yeah, aces dying imminently. And I guess we'll cover what the heck's going on with him when it becomes relevant, if it ever does. Who can say? <laughs> now, to contrast, we've got bits. I didn't have too many this time, because it was mostly a lot of action. Uh, I actually had a few, because I was, I was looking for them. I wanted them. Well, all right, then. Start us off. Uh, when Lola's crew is carrying off our lads, someone makes note that they should be handled carefully. And right under that speech bubble, uh, two goons are carrying Frankie, like, in a back arch pose above their heads. <laughs> he Can't imagine that was comfortable. He's a heavy guy. Special precautions <laughs> need to be taken. And I think just getting him away from the situation takes priority over making him a comfy man. Okay, I'll give that to you. Uh, let's see. Uh, the first time that Nightmare Luffy sends ores flying, uh, the zombies see it coming, but they can't possibly fathom that that could be big man ores flying through the air. But it makes much more sense for it to be a out-of-nowhere rain cloud or a giant <laughs> bird. <laughs> giant bird got me good. All those are much more likely situations than the man who they've already sent been they've already seen being sent flying a number of times prior to this. Yeah. Zombies be silly. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for sure. Um when Kuma reveals that he is a pawpaw human, Robin imagines just three cats saying meow. <laughs> uh that's three kind of like poorly drawn cats just meowing it up. That's pretty much what I think of whenever I think of Kuma too. So she has the right yeah, idea. She usually does. A real cutie bear, that Kuma. Um right after Sanji stops the human form of the Risky Brothers from blabbing about the whole Zoro business of it all. Uh they are so inspired. They just think this man is so dang cool. That they literally <laughs> steal his exact words <laughs> when yeah. questioned about what they were talking about mere moments ago. He said it best. And they shamelessly stole it from him and scurry away, scurry away all proud of themselves <laughs> immediately after. I think they're like jittering out of excitement too. They said the thing that Sanji said in a cool way, so that makes them cool too. <laughs> oh yeah. Luffy almost dumps a whole barrel of booze on Zoro to help him recover. He's just like, man, this works with me and meat, so Zoro's favorite thing will make him feel better, right? Pretty much checks out. Certainly wouldn't have made him just cold and sticky. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before, in a similar vein to Luffy, Zoro learns how to drink sake in his sleep. Oh, I'm amazed it hasn't happened already. 
we've seen him like lift weights in his sleep i think so i'm pretty sure that's true and the last one i had was actually during the uh where are they now cover arc that began this chapter or this set of chapters oh, that's, that's pretty good stuff uh, in one of them iceberg is conducting interviews for a new secretary because of course Khalifa turned out to be a uh, evil secret agent as we know uh, mm-hmm. One of the applicants in the line behind him is one of the Yagarables. I'm so glad you pointed that out. Very pleased about it. If I were Iceberg... Yeah, that whole <laughs> cover is good, but specifically the bull being in the back, just like smiling as big as can yeah, be. He's delightful. They like let him in the door. They gave him like an applicant badge <laughs> and everything. Oh yeah, he's got a number. I'd love to see what his, uh, what his resume looks like. It's very wet. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, the last one I have is when one of the pirates on Lila's crew informs Brooke and Sanji that mermaids don't wear panties. Uh, they both have nosebleeds, but you know Brooke only has one spout because he has no nostrils. I'm sure that happens often, but uh, it was good. Yeah, I never put that together, but that's yeah, that's pretty good. i like to imagine oda like went to draw the second nosebleed dribble and he was like wait a second wait a second (laughs) hold on good old oda uh yeah yeah if that's your last one i guess that pretty much wraps us up for this week uh next week i guess since there's no break uh we'll be back covering 1040 and whatever the heck the next chunk of chapters is going to be uh feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter via email to inherited will podcasts at gmail.com on twitter to inherited underscore will or simply in a comment on the platform of your choosing as always thanks for listening goodbye